Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to We Have a Take, the what podcast, where we have a take, and so can you. I am Tara Bowen Biggs, and I am so excited to be joined by my co-host, Cassidy Gamut, who is here with me tonight. Hello, Cassidy. Hello. I am excited. I'm ready to talk some basketball. I'm ready to talk some whatever we're going to talk about, because you never know on this show. So I'm ready for it. Well, speaking of, you never know what we're going to talk about. It's a confession time uh, to our listeners. Uh, when we first started planning what we were going to talk about for this episode, I don't know, like 10 days ago or something like that, I didn't think that we were going to have very much fun stuff to talk about because it had been a rough December. Real tough to watch the game, as I found. And so we were trying to figure out other things that we could do and other things that we could talk about. Um, and I had the idea that since I am a new convert, thanks to you, Cassidy, to um, reality TV, that <laughs> good job. I had the idea that we should watch Survivor season 28, the Cliff Robinson season. We did. But then the Blazers got interesting again. <laughs> they really did. And I mean, I have a lot to say about Survivor. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like there's a lot to say about the There's a lot to talk about about the Blazers right now. There Just is a lot to talk about. A lot of going on, a lot of moving parts, a lot of news that we, I think, all expected coming with Dame. But I think hearing the news officially, you kind of, a lot of things come into question and you really want to start to look at what's happening from here on out. So I don't know. Well, before we dig into that, let's go ahead and at least give one small nod to survivor and let's do an icebreaker that is survivor themed. So, uh, pretty straightforward, which blazer do you think would be the best on survivor? Okay. So if we're going past Blazer, I'm still picking Cliff Robinson and I would get rid of all of the losers who voted him out Um, because like you have a chance to be on Survivor with Cliff Robinson. Make the argument that he's rich later when you're in the finale and his BFF. Like, I'm sorry. Stop it. Um, But if I'm going with current Blazers, I think I'm going to pick. I'm torn, but I think I'm going to pick Yusuf Nurkic on this one because I think. I think Nurk would just compete. And I think Nurk's also that lovable character and lovable guy, but also just like a touch of drama that is going to be like a producer is going to be like, um, yes, we're getting you as far as we can because you are TV gold. So I think I'm going to go with Nurk on that one. How about you? I, so I was thinking about past blazers and um, the one that I think a lot of people may bring up, but I do not want to watch him in anything um is chris Kamen because obviously his whole survivalist thing and like really if you're trying to find somebody who probably would be really good at the game it would probably be him but i don't want to have be anywhere near anything to do with that guy uh he was not my favorite blazer uh <laughs> so uh travis outlaw also i know was like really into like the outdoors so yeah, uh i thought he would be like really good at fishing and you know helping with all that kind of survival um, but then also, wouldn't it have been really wonderful and amazing to be on Survivor with uh, Kevin Duckworth? I just, like, oh. he might have been too nice, but he also, sometimes the people who are, like, quietly nice can make it a while because they don't really upset anything. The thing about what happened with Clifford 
well, it was weird. They called him Cliff. Uh, the thing about what happened with him is like they identified that he was going to be too good and like he was too popular. And so they were like, he has to go. And he already has money anyway. He doesn't need all his money. So that was a bummer. But so, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place because I'm not familiar enough with the franchise. It's It's a lot more like high school bathroom politics than I thought. <laughs> You know, so-and-so's got to say so-and-so, and I'm going to say yeah. this about so-and-so, and blah, 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 blah. And you got to be watched, good at that. Yeah, I watched a lot of the first seasons, but, like, I think they were airing when I was in middle or high school. And so, like, perfect timing. Like, learn how to interact. Like, TV tells me to in the world. But um, uh, I, I dropped off, and then watching season 28, I feel like, I was like, whoa, a lot has changed since I was into the show, but it's at its core the same. You know, yeah, um, so. <laughs> if if things go back to a dark place for the Trailblazers, uh, another thing that we could think about is we could draft an all NBA survivor cast. Like, you know, how we did with Great British Bake yeah. Off. We're we'll already going to get... do that if it's just summer. Yeah, we got to get, get somebody summer. to do that with us. Absolutely. Well, what's going on with the Blazers? There really is so much to talk about. Should we start off with the at the beginning with the big news that came out today, which was official that Damien is going to get his surgery? Um, I mean, I know I wasn't surprised. I imagine you probably weren't. No, not really. I mean, I don't think I would have been surprised either way, but I kind of would have. Mm, I think I would have been surprised because it's been such a lingering injury and he's been talking about it so much and it's been out there and I feel like it wouldn't be out there as much or talked about as much if this wasn't kind of really being considered from the start. And so good for him. If this is what's best for him and his health and what ensures him to play with his kids like the best way he can and to play basketball the way he wants to in the future go for it i i'm never gonna criticize an nba player on making a decision about their health unless it's endangering others Mm -hmm. well so we had uh we got a couple of questions uh from listeners that we asked for and one of them is about this very topic so maybe we just jump right into that and that is from jason aka blazer fan 72 at hecubus 01 and jason asks with dame now most likely out for the rest of the season and trades most likely coming for some key veterans what do you want to see from the rest of the team or from the coaching staff I mean, I mean, I want to see fun basketball. Um, do you feel like it's been fun lately? It has been fun. Like even some of those losses are fun because you're watching players that are like young and have a chance. And I don't know if the attitude just seemed to shift when Neil was fired amongst the team, but it feels like it shifted amongst a lot of fans. And so I think that adds a little bit of extra energy, but yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch young, talented people who can jump over other people without even thinking about it. People play basketball and it's a little chaotic, but like, when is chaos not a little fun? (sighs) 
Yeah, I mean, that's really what I was yearning for during the uh, the time when they were just so hard to watch. When watching them roll out one, like, 29, 28, 29, 30-year-old veteran after another where they just weren't jiving. They just weren't, like, they just weren't, this didn't look like they were connected or, or playing mm-hmm. together. And now to see the young guys play, I mean, I'm even enjoying yeah. watching CJ Ellaby out there, CJ and Trent Watford, and of course, Nazir Little, and of course, Anthony Simons. But, you know, if Dame is going to be out, I and also, you know, bringing in the trade talk aspect of this question, I am totally ready for the Blazers to build the next team around Damien. Like, don't try to keep bringing in seasoned vets. Like, the superstar is not out there who's going to come. And if Damien makes a triumphant return at the end of the season, because I think it was Casey Holdall said, you know, that he wasn't going to be out. Or I can't remember. Windhorse broke the news. That was so weird. That's someone we don't see break news often for any of the Blazer parties. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. I don't either. Um, I'm trying to think of who we have gotten Windhorse breaks from. Yeah, it's not, unless it's LeBron James. Maybe LeBron James is going to come to Portland. Maybe he's fed up with LA and now he's going to, um, now when Damian comes back, then he's going to team up with LeBron James, possibly. <laughs> well, anyway, what I was what I was getting at is that, um, uh, somebody in the initial breaking of the news said that it it wasn't necessarily going to be season ending, but it might be. Um, but it, I don't want him to rush back. I want full chance for the young players to develop. And considering the need for the Blazers to get under the cap, the fact that they've got some people with expiring contracts that are likely to be traded. I want to see them bring in young people with high potential and just let them play. Yeah. Just let them go. Well, and the other thing is how quick, like we went from NBA season to NBA season so quickly, like in a condensed way with an Olympic year in the middle and a condensed bubble season before that. And so if you're a veteran player, also we're living in a pandemic and everybody's a human. So um, I think veteran players got to be a little bit tired. Like there's, that's got to come into play at some point and we're human and you're playing and you're not getting the regular breaks you're used to and injuries are happening and this is happening. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to watch the young players play and let these guys rest for a little bit, knowing how the season has started, knowing where we're at and understanding that we have Damian Lillard, who has consistently stayed loyal. And maybe I think, I think there, I mean, who wrote the article is about this this week, but maybe that allows us to actually, you know, offer that max later and be it more well accepted saying here, take a season off. Like if you need this, do it for yourself because we're here for the long haul. We're not just here for, you know, a championship at this season or championship at next season. We're not just here for the playoffs. Like we're here for you as a player. And I think that sends a very different message to someone than, you know, come on back in six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
you know, get that surgery. Like we like, and I think we would have had that surgery at the beginning of season if that was the case, if it was that pushing, but no, they allowed time for him to decide for the medical team to decide for things to play out. And I got to think that Dame, you know, had control in that situation given how he's talked about his relationship with the organization. So I'm glad, you know, I'm happy that people are following medical advice from their doctors. As everyone should get a second opinion, but get a second opinion from an actual doctor, not from doing your own research. Um, The second part of this question, anything you want to see from the coaching staff? I mean, I mean, I, we know my opinion on the head coach Uh, and the, and the hiring of his brother is so odd to me. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Um, But just like, why? Um, I mean, he doesn't have a great record as a coach either. And I understand that he's a scout and he has excellent scouting skills. Um, Given the young talent the Blazers have right now, I think we might be doing pretty okay in the scouting department. I think our problem is attracting, you know, star power or veterans or things like that. I don't think adding another brand new coach does that for you. And I don't like, I don't know. I feel like, yes, we have, yes, Scott Brooks is on the coaching staff, but like, and it's a very young coaching staff or a, a young, as in like, like newly experienced to the NBA coaching staff. Um, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess really great interviews, great assistant coach interviews. I hope to see more from Anisha Curry and getting to know the coaching staff a little bit better, I guess, because I don't really feel like we've gotten to know them at all. And so kind of getting to know who they are or what about basketball they appreciate Mm -hmm. would be fun. So I'm looking for the fun elements for the rest of the season. Uh, So I have an opinion on the coaching staff. uh, And that is, I think seating Damien is also good for the coaching staff because the expectations are lower. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the coach, but I'm not ready to say he's like a terrible coach. I'm, I, I don't think he's, you know, been very good, but I also don't think we can say he's bad because he's so new. And it was the Blazers who made the decision to bring in somebody who had zero head coaching experience and only yeah. one year of coaching experience under his belt. So I think this op- also gives him an opportunity to um, make, make mistakes. And what I would like to see by the end of the year is that he's learned from his mistakes and that yeah. uh, and I, I, I feel like I've seen more communication directly between him and the, the players, you know, some one-on-one talks. Um, and I just, I feel like, they're starting to, it appears like visually from what I can see, like they're getting into um, a little bit more of a groove, but with the ex- expectations for the team lowered, I think that's also going to be really good for a first year coach. And then maybe he can try to figure out like what he wants his assistant coaches yeah. to do. And he did talk about Anisha Curry and about how she's been so important to Anthony and little. Yeah. Um, 
in this in this recent run so so that was really cool it's nice to see him like you know naming mm -hmm. putting a name on it both you know not just the like when people mess up but uh putting a name yeah. on it when somebody's uh been been doing really well yeah i mean i like that point for the coaching staff because i think the lowered expectations allows you to experiment mm -hmm. it allows you to kind of just like go a little crazy but it also allows someone without that crazy experience to not necessarily be harping on those vets. And so it allows you to like develop your coaching style because I think, I think that's my, besides ob the obvious, you know, problems with the hiring and everything that happened. My biggest problem with the coaching so far has been that it kind of felt, it felt lackluster. It felt like less energetic. And I, I know that Chauncey just comes off as kind of a chill guy, like just kind of like mellow, even tempered calm. And I think that that can be great, but I think that there are peaks and valleys to emotion while coaching a game that are important for your players to see. So I think developing that and encouraging that, like, like he hasn't, I don't think he's gotten a technical yet. Scott Brooks got a technical, but I don't remember it. I don't, I could be very wrong on this. So someone please correct us. But I, I just, I don't remember that moment. And I feel like we've had those moments where you could get a team. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think he's settling into like what that communication needs to be when he needs to get things, you know, amped up and when he just needs to sit back and let it ride. But you're, yeah, I think that's a great, time. and that's a great point about like veterans may react differently than the young players. Yeah. And but I think these are players, like the players that we've had, had a coach who did that and they did respond to that. You know, Terry Stotts was very good at getting a T or a late ejection mm -hmm. in, in moments where he knew maybe another coach was the better choice for the rest of the game because that energy would be impacted by an ejection. Like, I think there's a power to getting ejected as a coach or getting a T as a coach. Because I think it says I'm standing up for my players. I'm standing up for my team. And it builds a bond because it's like, yeah, okay. I also can, you know, explode because I'm here with you, fighting with you. And I think mm -hmm. I want to see a little bit more of that just in general from the bench because it kind of just felt like this is what we're going to do. Okay, we didn't do that. Let's do it. And it's like, yeah, that's not all there is to to encouraging. And well, I think I, so much of NBA coaching is encouraging. Yeah. And I think it takes years to learn how to do it. Right. Oh, yeah. And it, and you have to adjust every single year with every single roster that you have. And so that's yeah. and every that's, player. Yeah, that's all new to him. I think like kind of level one of player support during the game is like a coach's challenge and then level two is like the technical <laughs> like i like i used to like it when stots would do a um a challenge when zach collins got a foul because zach collins struggled so mightily to not foul so that like when stots really felt like he had done the right thing and mm -hmm. wanted him to like not unlearn what he had just done yeah. and he would do a coach's challenge that i feel like that was sort of bolstered um yeah. zach collins a little bit with nurk too so i think using that still isn't thing with nurk wants every single yeah. call wants overturned <laughs> and reviewed he does 
he does. But when he actually deserves it, it's worth giving him. He never makes a foul. (laughs) I mean, how could he? Um, Well, let's go ahead and do the other question that we got uh, from this one's from Holy Backboard. And um, I don't know if it's Dustin or Sage, but uh, if if y'all who are listening have not listened to Holy Backboard before, I would highly recommend it. Side note, they are starting to do a like a Friday feature where they watch um, college basketball games featuring the like some of the top prospects and then talking about it. Yes. I'm not saying the Blazers are tanking, but say the Blazers don't make it into the playoffs. If you listen to those shows that they're doing, you might be a little bit more familiar with some of the up and coming players. And then they're really, really good. And of course now I've fallen in love with every player that they've talked about. Uh, anyway, uh, their question is, would a Dame and backcourt duo produce the same issues as the Dame CJ backcourt, or can they complement one another? So I have a couple thoughts on this. And I think that, because that is a question I've been asking myself this whole time, right? Because it's like, Dame and CJ were never going to work. And so then they got Norman Powell and it's like, wait, how different is Norman Powell from CJ? And then now it's like Anthony and it's like, they're all six, three guards. I think Anthony's a little taller than that. Uh, I don't know. Can you look up how tall Anthony is? I don't remember how tall he is, but anyway, um, I I don't, he can jump 10 feet. So that's what matters. (laughs) Anthony is a slam dunk champion. Um, but I think for me, I don't think it's necessarily so much about the play. I think it's about the, uh, the opportunity presented to building the future with a younger player. So, um, well, I mean, and Ant is, we're not talking about someone who's not playing at a high level, like not already playing at a high level of basketball. And like, we got to remember, he's 22 and 6'4". So, 6'4". Mm-hmm. Thank you. Like, I think the difference when we talk about Ant versus when we talk about Norman or CJ is... how much growth can happen in any given season as a player, given that he is such a young player. And I think that there's growth that happens with someone like CJ or someone with Norm. But I think that growth is different when you're at that stage of your career Mm -hmm. versus the massive jumps we have watched Ant make. Like massive jumps. We like we're at season four seasons five seasons now four seasons four four seasons think of ant when he was a rookie and think of ant now like that is a huge jump for a player who came out of high school we also got to remember that Mm -hmm. so no college experience so ants now the age that a lot of players are if they went through four years of college Mm -hmm. so now we're seeing that level of ant we're just seeing like where Dame or CJ was developmentally we're at that age now from when we drafted them so it's like the growth potential is crazy with Ant Mm -hmm. and I think there's growth potential with CJ and there's growth potential with Norm but I think we may have reached capacity in certain levels with certain players 
with working with certain other players. Like sometimes you need to expand to expand your horizon of a, as a player. But I think with Ant, Ant could become the player that Dame needs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that an Ant Dame backcourt is necessarily horribly far off from more veteran skilled backcourts in a lot of way. Like, I don't know. I, I have a lot of faith in Ant and I have a lot of faith in that development. I have a whole lot of faith in Little. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a lot of really young, talented players. And I know that everybody's always like, we need the veterans to go win out the, win the championship or whatever. But where we've seen Dame really, really be effective is with younger players than himself and with, you know, or with the older team when he was so young, but Mm -hmm. vice versa, he helps those players. And like, I feel like magic happens with him with young players sometimes. And like, why not take a risk on magic? Yeah. And I just think it's time to turn over. I just think it's time to turn it over the, you know, it's like we, there's a small window of time. I've, I'm not going to like relitigate the past, Mm -mm. you know, like we had a whole stream of players come in and out of Portland that we got to know and we rooted for, we did our best and then they moved on and went on somewhere else. It's time, I think, like, I'm just watching around the league and all these exciting, there are so many exciting young players. I mean, obviously, look at the Grizzlies. I mean, it's nuts, like, how bouncy and fun they are. But, like, all over the league, there's these, like, first and second year guys who just, like, have these tremendous ceilings and who are playing fantastic. And Portland has been so preoccupied. I don't know if that's the right word, but they've been so uh concentrated on you know bringing in like the right vet who can play alongside damien it's like i'm done with that like i am ready i'm ready for new and like i hate we don't to, live like, in the right city to to think like that either like we just don't and i um i, I hate to make it about money but when you're building a team and you have a young player with a lot of potential who brings already a lot of the stuff that CJ, you know, has provided over the years and he doesn't cost as much. I mean, he's still going to cost more next year, but he's going to earn a really nice salary next year, but it's still probably not going to be as much as CJ's. It's not vineyard buying money. <laughs> it offers, um, more opportunities to bring in others, you know, to yeah. like maybe find, have, get a little bit more to offer, you know, to pay somebody who's a little bit taller on the wing or to get, you know, some more uh, big guys who are more versatile in the terms of being able to spread the floor. So I just, I think it's, I think it's the opportunity that Anthony presents that mm-hmm. there's just less opportunity with CJ. And besides, I just want CJ to be successful somewhere where he is fully appreciated. And, yeah. um, like, also, I certainly am not going to be like mad if CJ is still around, but I understand. And I look like I was thinking about this the other day when it comes to like new players on the team. I don't want anybody who has aged out of being on their parents' health insurance. Like 26. Oh, wow. We're really cutting it off. 26. Yeah. <laughs> like we're cutting you off. Man, you are making me feel old. I'm cutting you off, which is really hard for me to say because I have 
absolutely, I'm ready to move on now if you are. Because I've absolutely fallen in love with a new Trailblazer this season, and I don't know how it happened, but I cannot get enough of Ben Macklemore. I absolutely love him, and he is older than 26, and I'm so disappointed that that means he will probably move on, or at least he has to move on in the way I figured. No, we can keep Why him. do I love him so much? Because he's fun, and he's, ca- like, he, like, he seems like someone who, like, is a little bit casual about life. In a little like in the in a good way, in like a let's do this, like let's enjoy this day kind of way. And I just appreciate it, but also like I'm gonna get after it. And he's got the like the grit a little bit of that, like on the court. I don't know, a little bit of the Wesley Matthews charm <laughs> that we always we always appreciate. I don't know. I think he's just fun. He's like another six three guard, <laughs> but Who like cares? I don't five I, guard I, lineup. I know. I think, but the Blazers really need to really need to do that. But I, like, I always forget. I always think he's bigger than he is. Like maybe he's like stockier or something. He, is, he just he's got a bigger, bigger build me. than he's got a bigger build. I think than uh, the other guys. He might have weight on them. We can look that up. I don't know. I'm looking at it, and he's according to basketball reference that i'm looking at right now he's 6'3 195 and dennis smith jr is 6'2 205 dennis smith jr another person who i have been loving and you know how torn i was because i loved marquise chris and i wanted him to be on the team but dennis smith jr is fun to watch and he's a guy who is young and if they wanted to maybe uh keep him around as a backup point guard like he's athletic he's bouncy he like does not mess around when he tries to dunk. Uh, that was a spectacular almost dunk that he had the other night against Brooklyn. That would have been so amazing. But it's the Blazers, so. And he has that that keep fighting kind of energy where he's like, gonna prove you wrong. That like, I think we all know Dame has and we love about Dame. And so I think it could be a fun, like it could be fun to keep him around. I don't know. I think I love all the players. And then I'm just like, let's keep them all. It'll be fun. And <laughs> then it's then it's kind of crazy. Um, but I just not having tall people is mm-hmm. kind of hard in the NBA. Um, I mean, NBA tall. Like we're talking about six three, six four. Like they're not tall people. Right. Um, but those are tall people. But like NBA tall, you know, those mm-hmm. seven footers, those near seven footers, those, you know, ball ball is like what nine feet tall. Like, yeah. So they have Blazers have two guys who are six eleven. So they have Cody Zeller and Yusuf Nurkic who are six eleven, and then they have two guys who are six nine. Uh, CJ Ellaby and Greg Brown, and everybody else is six seven or under. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> but That's a lot you know, six seven. But at least it's easy to take a group picture. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That is looking on because the that side. is the funniest thing about Clifford Robinson being on Survivor oh. is the first episode the camera people cannot figure out how to show like a person without like cutting Cliff off of just being his chest. So you just constantly see Uncle Clevy's chest and everybody else's like whole body, and you're just like, 
okay, well, we'll get to know this guy eventually, like for the rest of the fans. Or you saw all of him with like this yeah. little, like the, surrounding by a bunch of heads. And he looked like, like an, a, a, a ponytail. Where he looked like an adult with a bunch of children around him. <laughs> like, like, oh, dad's home. And they all like went and gave him a big hug. That's what, and he's always like, you know, from his like chest up. <laughs> yeah, I think they figured it out, but it took a little while to figure out how they were going to frame that. They were like, we need to step back. We did not prepare for this. <laughs> totally. Um, okay, so let's see. We talked about Ant. We talked about the future. Um, you know, we always prepare for the trade deadline, and then it never is what uh, we I mean, think it is going to be. I think what the, th- the thing is this year is I think it could have been big, but everybody's in health and safety protocol. And after health and safety protocol, you have to clear, if you had COVID, you have to clear the heart testing to be able to play again, which then you could go in to do a physical for Mm -hmm. a trade. But that is a process and all of this takes time. And I just feel like all of the players that were in play for stuff, teams kind of figured it out during this time or they didn't. And Mm -hmm. now they're like, well, now we're not going to figure it out this year and we're just going to, you know, tank a tank tank. What are the Blazers going to do when all these guys come back? I mean, it's, it's not like they, it's not like they were playing. Well, I know. And it's not like they looked like they had an embarrassment of riches, but they like, it was just so hard to find the right combination. And it turns out right now that some of the guys who are not like the big marquee players are the ones that are actually getting the most productive on right now. So like how awkward is that going to be when all these guys who are used to being starters, I mean, I guess, who is it? Norman Powell. Larry Nance sort of since he kind of just went into the um like oh I'm so happy that Rocco has been playing really well. Yeah. Uh, um but one of the things that I've also been noticing over the last uh few weeks that I've um I've been reflecting on Yusuf Nurkic a lot. And I've decided with Yusuf Nurkic you have to just take the whole Yusuf Nurkic experience. You don't get to like mm-hmm. only have good Nurk. You have to have the Nurk that shoots threes and that makes dumb fouls and who also just absolutely like you know draws three quick fouls on the other center or you know and and he's just not gonna dunk it's just not in his arsenal it might be every once in a while but as long as he pushes it up with authority i'm gonna be happy about that yeah this is all to say that i think Nurkic looks like a guy who's playing for a contract and i'm really really happy about that because there's been times earlier in the season where i was like dude yeah you're playing for a contract and now i feel like he really i feel like he really has been an Mm -hmm. important part of what has kept these guys going yeah and i think that's gonna it's gonna pay off no matter who's paying him yeah i mean it's that big brother nurk i always talk about big brother nurk like when you get big brother nurk out there when he is Mm -hmm. like slapping butts and encouraging guys and like active and engaged in the game that's the best nurk oh yeah i mean that's peak nurk and that's it comes down to him making other people better and himself better and when he's like that they're all having fun Mm -hmm. like there are players that need to be having a level of fun when they play the game to play the game the way that they like at their best. And then there's players who just aren't like Mm -hmm. who don't want to laugh about it and who want to be really serious. Fine. Whatever. I don't want to watch you. So, (laughs) um, but Nurk's one of those like needs to be having some fun kind of player. Yeah. He's got to be putting on a show. And uh, I feel like 
he's been in that position as kind of like the default, you know, longest tenured blazer around um, that he's just sort of taken that on. And I've been, I've been happy about that. I have one more blazer to talk about. Um, Trenton Watford. Like, so, um, first of all, he's my early candidate for, um, most improved fits. Uh, I think he's really, um, stepped it up his game a little bit. And, um, I was looking through like his, uh, early photos and he had some just real questionable photo choices, uh, before he came to the Blazers and like at the rookie combine, I was just like, Hmm. Um, but the outfits are starting to come together. They're starting to be a little bit elevated. So as far as most improved fits, I think he's, he's doing pretty, I mean, I would like to give it to Ben McLemore, but I think Ben McLemore already had a high level coming in and we're looking at growth. So, um, but he's also, when he's out on the court, like he's showing some really solid play and I'm really excited about that. Um, you know. Yeah. I don't really know much about him and I didn't really have many thoughts about him at all. Uh, but I found something that I think you are going to like about him. So when Trendon Watford was in high school um, for USA Today high school basketball, he had a blog. Oh my gosh. That he I wrote for that. USA Today and it's called Trendon's Topics. Is it adorable? And it's, it. and it's so cute. It's like exactly what you would expect out of like a high school guy. Hey, how you doing? What you know? We're getting ready for the AAU season. So he'd be like, "What's up, world?" Here, I'm gonna read. This is from April twelfth, two thousand eighteen. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We What's up, world? It's trending. Coming at you with my third blog. So the biggest thing with me recently was the USA basketball event at the final four. I was one of the juniors picked to play in the event and it was definitely a great experience. This was the first year they did it and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my career. We got to the semifinals there in San Antonio and just experience where we all want to be when we got to, when you get to college. It was cool to be able to play on the floor where they played the national title game. We saw the locker room and all that stuff too. It just goes on. It's just like so adorable. I love uh, it. Also, I love that they gave a platform to like a young player to just be honest about the experience because that's really cool. Oh, I know. But he also like so he's from Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. um, and he he had a lot of awards as a high school basketball player. He was really, really uh, well uh, well known. He his yes. His team won three uh, state championships. Um, he won Mr. Basketball as a junior. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and he also uh, got Gatorade Player of the Year. I mean, he just won all kinds of awards. So I just, you know, he, I think he's got somebody who is going to be around for a while in the NBA. And I, yeah. and I think this early glimpses that we've gotten of him, like – you know, he'll obviously he'll make mistakes, but for an 
who un- undrafted guy, you know, like that's all I wanted out of this season. Once it became clear the Blazers were not going to be who I had initially thought they were, I looked around the league and I looked at who are the teams that are having fun. And the teams that are having fun are teams that like have these unexpected players like coming out of the blue and are just like turning it on. And I'm not saying that's what Trendon is doing, but to be able to watch an undrafted guy actually go out there and like play meaningful minutes and like, you know, you know, he wasn't perfect against Kevin Durant, but, you know, we had a moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who is ever perfect against Kevin Durant? Like, show me the player and um, then we can talk. But, yeah. So that's my fun fact about Trendon Watford. I thought you Well, liked. I love it. Um, I love that he had a blog. Well. Trendon Topics. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so the last thing that I has been on my mind, Kyrie Irving, because he came for our boy, Nas Little. I mean, yeah, there's so not. many, there's other things, but like I, you and I have talked about this, like we, we've tried for years to give Kyrie a chance. Well, and I honestly had been like really on board. I think he's done a lot of really good things for communities and thing and he's made a lot of impact he's donated a lot of money and time to things but we've reached a point where i just can't anymore because i mean the vaccine thing is very upsetting but beyond the point is i mean the nba is hosting super spreader events so Mm -hmm. you know yeah so there's not really a comparison there so at that point like directing all your anger towards Kyrie isn't where it belongs uh it belongs you know in bigger places but um I mean I was definitely super disappointed him in a lot of the stuff that he did right before the season like going out and visiting the um uh who's the uh the nation that he's a part of i'm totally blanking right Standing now rock. so he went to go visit them and he wouldn't even wear a mask and then just like saying things about yeah. the vaccine that are just like were not um true and um like that was super 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 frustrating because and then you know because i was like, like you said he's done a lot of good but then he comes around and does this and it's like ah like we tried yeah it's like we tried it makes you question where the good came from if it came from a place of wanting to be seen as good or if it came from a place of being good because we're now in a point in our history of the world where we're given the option to make personal decisions that affect others and are like essential to keeping a community safe And we're now at that point where we can see people making those decisions daily on whether or not they want to put someone else and health and safety over maybe the things they want or, you know, want to do or, you know, feel the need to do, but, you know, beyond essentials, like to not put on a mask when you visit and someone's asking you to is not appropriate and just not okay. And so at that point, it kind of just, it makes you really question, like, where did that caring come from and what happened to make you not want to fully commit to caring for others like that? And it is upsetting. 
Um, but then to come for Nas, which is really why we're here. Um, I get the Duke-UNC rivalry. I am a sad to say Duke fan. I'm sorry, world. I don't know how this happened. I was like four and I picked <laughs> them. Um, it's the only time I ever picked a super team. Um, but uh, that wasn't a dirty play. Like, it just, it wasn't. Yeah. And then to go after him and be like, it's okay, buddy. You only have to play half the games anyway. So you have plenty of time to recover if you like have a little twisted ankle. But like, for real, that was a regular basketball play. And it's, it's not, it's not Nasa's fault. You weren't on the floor diving for the ball. Like, like you probably should have been. So like, and then you can go and you can search Kyrie Irving diving ball on Google, go for it. You know, it's, it's more fun to search than, you know, a testing site or vaccines. Um, uh, and you can search that on Google and you can find a million shots of Kyrie doing the exact same thing. It's basketball. Like you were mad you lost and you decided to get mad at a player and say things that would probably take the conversation away from where it has been surrounding you. Great. Cool. We are not impressed, Kyrie. I'm unimpressed and I'm disappointed. Frankly, I am disappointed. Um, I just wanted to make it clear that like before this, we were already out on him despite the fact that we had given him every chance in the world, but then we were out on him anyway. And yeah. And then he came and he did this. And um, so I actually fell asleep at the end of the Brooklyn game and I had no idea until I woke up in the morning, whether or not they went, I was like, I, cause you know, I was just assuming that it was cause it was close. And I was like, well, um, so yeah, when I looked at it up in early in the morning, I was just like, no way but i loved Nas's reaction to it and Nas is just like i just love everything about it. my heart is absolutely worn on the sleeve of <laughs> for Nas and ben mackamore this season and i know everybody loves anfernee and i'm like super excited for everything mm -hmm. anfernee is doing and i'm really 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 glad for him but the two guys that just like warm my heart <laughs> are Am yeah. are Nas and ben mackamore and i i thought that um Nas's reaction was great and he didn't back down and like that's what we love about Nas is because like I was uh I was on the Locked On Blazers podcast with Mike Richmond and the thing that I said about Nas is that like Anthony's kind of like a silent assassin when he's out there because he just like you know laser focused and just like shoot 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 lights out and Nas is like a turbo boost button like when you yeah. deploy Nas like everybody gets a little boost and a bump and he does things like yeah. that that kind of play that sorry Kyrie yeah I mean it takes a lot for me to love a UNC player <laughs> like a lot and that dude has stolen my basketball heart at this point I mean and I think for me especially just at a personal note was reading his COVID experience and it was very, it, I, I felt very related to that experience because it was similar to my own in a lot of ways. And so to see him thriving, to see him out here having the season that he, he wanted to have last year, but he just, he couldn't quite get there physically yet. And we're getting to see that happy him out there being his best self. And it is it is wonderful to watch. And I really, 
he's one of those players I want to see as a blazer for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Like, I really appreciate the hustle. I appreciate the heart he plays with. I appreciate the honesty uh, just that he's had with the community that he has in those interviews to just go out and say to Kyrie, when you're not, you know, Kyrie is someone who's, yeah, you know, personalized shoes and all of that and all these things in a high up and to just be like, dude, that was a basketball play. Mm -hmm. I've got respect for you. But, you know, that was a basketball play. I don't know what you're talking about. Fair enough. Like, because it really was. And it just, it seems like such a non-point, especially to try to tarnish such a good game by him. Like, right. Well, and he just really went on and on about it, too. It was just weird. I yeah. mean. Well, I know that you're a Duke fan and it, that you like Nazir Little. And I think we just, you're like an onion, Cassidy. You have layers. I do. And, I have layers. You know, I don't know how this You have happened. a Duke layer and you have a North Carolina layer. Yeah. And, you know, it's just how it is. Oh well, I think we should probably wrap it up here. It has been absolutely delightful to catch up with you. And I'm so excited that we had, like, basketball stuff to talk about. Although our Survivor stuff is still waiting in the wings. Yeah, have um, no worries. We have plenty of TV-related <laughs> basketball crossover episodes in your future if we have a take. Oh, uh, we didn't. I don't even think we got to, like, um, mourn the fact that uh, Brandon from Portland didn't win the uh, The Bachelor but since the bachelor is over have you noticed like a sort of a trickle of brandon from portland doing blazer related things or wearing blazer gear <laughs> like he was on the court and then he had a picture the other day on instagram where he's wearing a blazer hat and i'm like he's a blazer fan we need oh, to yeah. we need to get him and amara i'm sure is on that okay because you Excellent. know lamar and brooke and amara are like they're in on that bachelor at world. They understand or whatever they call in that world. Bachelor nation. <laughs> all right. Well, before we delve too far into all of that, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, thank you everyone who is listening. Who's made it this far. We appreciate you so much. Uh, you can find the podcast on any of the places where you regularly get podcasts. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at we have a take. You can find me on Twitter at TCBBIGGS. Cassidy, would you like to take us out of here? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cassidy Gamut. Um, yeah, it's spelled somewhere. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. Go Blazers. And if you're not convinced we're tanking, just ask yourself, why is CJ healthy?